What's going on, everybody? I'm Mara. And I'm Tez. And welcome back to Sisters Who Kill. Being in debt is something that's real. Because the debt you owe may be the debt that make you kill. So, our players this week are Alice Covington, the victim, and Carlette Elizabeth Parker, our murderess. Carlette Elizabeth Parker was born on June 12th, 1963. She was a Gemini, so you know how that goes. She grew up in Angier, North Carolina, which is about 40 minutes away from Riley, North Carolina. Um, she loved to go fishing with her dad. She loved to be outside. She liked playing with birds, I, she said in an interview once. And when she was five years old, her mother passed away suddenly. And this is really tough for her as a young girl, but it was especially tough for Carlette because she was left in the care of men who were physically and emotionally abusing her until she was a teenager but growing up she just like loved people and she wanted to help them especially older people so she decided that she wanted to go into the medical field now I couldn't find any information about like her schooling what high school whatever school that she went to I also trying to find some marriage certificates but so you know whatever but uh she had she was a CNA and she worked for a home health company she also had a little small business on the side, you know, entrepreneur trying to get her money. And she was making dolls. I know people that love dolls. I had an aunt that like loved clowns. But this was her little side hustle, her little small business that she had. So in August of 1992, Carlette was just 29 years old and she had stolen over $200 worth of property from a store. So after going to court, she's charged with shoplifting and larceny. And the records say that these are just misdemeanors and that she was given probations and parole for the offense. She had been dealing with trauma that she received as a teenager in 94 and decided to get a breast reduction. She said she did this voluntarily to symbolize her removing the hands of her abusers off her breast. Then in 95, her criminal record shows that she committed an offense of of cheating property services, which is a Class H felony in Wake County. Court records show that on August 7th in 1995, Carlette pled guilty to 16 felony counts of obtaining property by false pretenses from an 85-year-old lady named Catherine Stevenson. And this was a lady she was caring for at a time, you know, because she was a CNA. The only reason that they found out was because somebody who worked at the bank just saw that her money was depleting from her account. Like, she was, they were alarmed. Like, they knew her habits, and this was not it, right? So they asked Catherine to come in and talk about her bank account. And Catherine's like, all right, Carlette, take me to the bank so we can see what's going on. And when they arrived, Catherine was pissed. And she was like, Carlette, I don't want shit to do with you no more. At the mm-hmm. bank, Carlette admitted to forging the withdrawal slips, and the amount that was missing summed up to about $44,000. Stealing from the little old lady. All her retirement funds. She getting it all. Her pension and everything. Mm-hmm. So she's cute. Yeah. So Carlette goes to court, and she pleads guilty. And she says, this will never happen again. I'm so sorry. She was given a 48-month probation sentence and had to pay monthly installments of $920 for restitution for Catherine, which, 
okay, I understand you shouldn't have took the money, but this how they get niggas is making them be on some impossible shit. Because yeah, an extra thousand dollars a month. Who? Who? They might as well just had her do the time. Mm -hmm. Because mm -mm, with your car insurance, your car note, your apartment, you better hope you don't got a car note. Shit add up quick, okay? Yeah, bills add up really quick. So according to North Carolina law, Article 19, false pretense and cheats explains how you can get a class H felony. Quote, if the value of the money, goods, property, services chosen in action or other things value is less than $100,000, a violation of this section is a class H felony. Her probation officer said that Carlette wondered how she would make her payments, which we said before. Of course she was wondering how she would make her payments. It's an extra $1,000 a month. And if she was stealing from old ladies to pay her normal bills, how is she going to afford an extra $1,000 a month? So in December of 1996, an older family friend living in the Springmore Retirement Village in Raleigh, North Carolina, named Charles Hortz, asked if Carlette could help him out with caregiving duties. He was an older gentleman. And she would do her CNA duties, clean his laundry, clean his clean his house make his meals take him to the doctor make sure he took his medicine blah 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 you know the things that cnas do carlette worked with charles for about two years and this is how she met alice covington now alice covington and charles they were good friends she was an 86 year old woman who happened to also be the next door neighbor of charles they were really tight Okay, they would get coffee together sometimes downstairs in the little recreation area of the retirement home. They would go play bingo. They were really cute hanging out with each other, you know, cute old people shit. Although Charles had a caregiver, him and Alice weren't, you know, they weren't the typical 80-year-olds. Like, Charles still was out here doing his thing, and Alice was definitely out here volunteering, um, investing her money wisely. Like, she was... She was still hip to what was going on. By April 1st, 1998, Carlette was $4,000 behind on her restitution payments. She Ooh. is drowning. <sighs> and you got to think, so she on parole too, so she paying parole fees too. Ooh, on top of this restitution. Like, they about to send me back to prison. At this point, what's the trade-off? <laughs> So, by the end of the month, April 30th, Carlette drives herself to the Crabtree First Union Bank, and she cashes a check for $2,500 signed by Alice Covington. What a blessing, right? Later that day, Carlette drove to her probation officer and handed him three money orders, which totaled $2,000. When the probation oh. officer asked her where she got so much money so fast, she said, I've been making a lot of dolls. <laughs> uh -uh. So, Girl. It's, <laughs> it's May 8th, and Carlette drove through an open teller window at the First Union Bank in Dunn, North Carolina, and attempted to cash a $600 check. However, this was unsuccessful because Alice's balance was too low. When a teller told Carlette that she couldn't cash the check, she began to yelling and honking her horn, causing a whole disturbance. And a teller's like, listen, I don't have to take this. She walks away from the window. And Carlette's like, no. You're going to talk to me, and you're going to cash this check. So she goes yeah. inside the bank, and she was like, cash this shit, man. And the teller, a different teller is like, listen, man, it's not enough money in account for us to cash this check for you, okay? 
Girl, so, you broke. You don't have any money. Why are you throwing a fit? So up in here she broke, broke and don't got no money. So you throwing a fit? Yeah. So so Carlette starts cursing, screaming, and the bank calls the police. Of course, she hauled ass before they got there, right? So on the morning of May 12th, 1998, it's around 9 or 10 in the morning, Carlette and Carlette and Alice see each other at the Kroger parking lot. And they're like, oh, hey, oh, hey. But then according to three witnesses, they see Carlette attack Alice in the parking lot. And Alice is trying to defend herself. She's a little old white lady. And she's just hitting Carlette with her purse. I'm imagining like some type of cartoon of a little old white lady trying to defend herself hours later carlette drives alice's car to the first union market street bank in smithfield north carolina and this is about an hour from riley north uh, riley retirement home and at that bank she withdraws twenty five hundred dollars from the account not from just any account, from Alice's account. Now, the teller looks in the car, and she's a little suspicious, but she sees Alice sitting in the passenger seat, eyes closed like she's asleep, and Carlette, she's in her working scrub, so it looks like a little old lady and her caregiver. Carlette, she's done this plenty of times. She hands Alice's ID, she hands the blank check, and they go about their merry way. So after leaving the bank, Carlette drives herself and Alice back to the Crockett parking lot where Carlette moves Alice's body into Carlette's car because remember they rent Alice's car at this time and Carlette's car is like this Ford Fiesta hatchback and when they they leave the Kroger and Carlette drives to her trailer home in Anger, North Carolina. Now after this Carlette goes and buys a six-pack. She then hangs out with her boyfriend or her man or whoever she was fucking at the time at a party that night. People saw her at a party that night. And Alice sat at Carlette's home. In her car. In her car. You're right. You're right. I'm wrong. In her car. In the trunk. Yeah, and then it was like she... She drove around for hours after leaving the party, and then she goes home, and she wakes up the next morning and doesn't say anything to her husband. Just goes about it like it's a regular day. So it's May 14th, two days after the murder, and in an empty grass field, this guy drives past what looks to be an abandoned car, right? So he gets closer, and he sees there's a lady in the car with a pink hoodie and no shirt on. She's got a pink hoodie, but there's no shirt underneath the pink hoodie. And she's lying across the front seat. Her her head is on the driver's side door. Her chest is, like, in front of the steering wheel, but her feet are on the passenger floorboard. So, like, you can kind of tell her body got drug over, which is lazy, Okay. The cops came and they were able to identify the body as 86-year-old Alice Covington. They look at her neck and they see two marks that look like, almost like a vampire bit on her neck, right? So the police went to where she lived in Springmore at the retirement village, and they speak to Alice's friends and her and the other staff members. So they're trying to figure out what could have happened to poor Miss Alice, right? They take through the records, and they're looking in a retirement home, and they come across the records of Carlette Parker. So they decide to interview Carlette 
and she comes down willingly, and she's like, yeah, I saw Miss Alice on May 12th at the Kroger parking lot between 1 and 3 p.m. She said she and Alice drove to a car wash and then to Alice's home at the retirement village. And then she said she stayed at Alice's house for only a few minutes, two, three minutes tops, right? And she leaves. After the interview, the detectives told Carlette that Alice had been found dead in a car in Morrisville. Let's change that to during. During the interview, the detectives tell Carlette that Alice has been found dead in a car in Morrisville. And Carlette's, like, calm and kind of emotionless and she's like well okay I didn't do it you know want me no reaction like no oh my gosh yes no I just saw her a few hours ago no oh my goodness just like a oh really like they're here one day and gone yeah oh really at the end of the interview Carlette she's like of course you know I didn't I didn't kill Alice I don't know who did and I haven't even been in Morrisville or to any banks in Smithfield. Like, no. Carlette leaves. And she then has, later on, has a second interview. But this time she has a lawyer with her. Carlette was different. but She was a little bit more talkative. And when the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation Agent East told Carlette that three separate witnesses said that they saw, quote, a heavy set black woman get into an altercation with Alice in the Kroger parking lot that she admitted to seeing her in. Agent East showed Carlette a copy of the $2,500 check drawn from Alice's account and told Carlette that the teller described the person that was there, which was a heavy set black woman with a little old white lady in the passenger seat of the car. Carlette's sitting there in the interview room and she got that like nervous one leg. Y'all know what I'm talking about. That nervous one leg. That's just a shaking nervous and agent East ask her again if she knew anything that happened to Alice. She said possibly, but she denied assaulting or killing Alice, even if it was accidental. She also changed the time that she... If you're listening to this, you probably already know what I'm about to say, that today is the day for you to start your podcast. You have everything that you need, your computer, a little microphone, and Spotify for podcasters. It is the all-in-one platform where you can host, edit, and record your podcast and distribute it everywhere. Where you're listening right now, you can have your podcast there. I promise, for real. And it's free. And you can make some money off of your podcast for free free money free money is out there just go get it by starting your podcast today streaming october 6th on paramount plus first place i learned about death was a pet cemetery dead things buried in that land would come back there's something else something's wrong with timmy he needs time to adjust that's not timmy something's talking through him Dead is better. Pet Cemetery. Bloodlines. Rated R. Streaming only on Paramount Plus. On March 16th, they bring her back in for another interview, right? Well, actually, they didn't bring her back in. She kind of did a bit of a Britney Norwood and was like, I've got more information for you. She said she wanted to come clean, right? So she's like, 
like I said in my first interview, I saw Alice at the Kroger parking lot. She's like, I did get in a car with her. We went to a car wash. We went back to the Kroger parking lot, and we drove. We actually did drive to a bank in Smithfield. She also says that they both went to Alice's house, and she couldn't specify whether they went there together in one car or separate. So Carlette said she was going over there because Alice was Alice was giving her money for her doll business, and that's why they had to go to the bank, right? So during this interview, she's like, I never got into an altercation with Alice. She said, we returned to Kroger. From there, we went to my house because Alice had to use the bathroom. Don't know why that's what she said, because Kroger's have bathrooms. But maybe Alice has a thing about public restrooms, right? But also, they just left Alice's house. I don't know. I mean, Kroger restrooms aren't that bad. I'm thinking, right? When they got to Carlette's house, Carlette goes to the bathroom and she fills up the bathtub with water. She says Alice goes into the restroom, you know, to use it. And when Carlette comes back into the bathroom, Alice's head had fallen into the water. Carlette sits Alice up and left the room again. And then when she returns again, Alice's head is underwater. Carlette says she grabs Alice by the hair and pulls her out the water, ripping her shirt while doing it. She says she did slap Alice in the face a couple of times, but she didn't respond. And then Carlette then vaguely describes how she kind of slammed her head on the floor a little bit, kind of, sort of, right? And Carlette then carries Alice into the living room and placed her on the floor and removes all her clothes. She washed them and dried them with everything except for she didn't put the torn shirt back on her. She just put her zipped up hoodie on her, right? That's so, so stupid. That I every I mean, like, I've I've listened to this episode. We've been both been researching the episode this episode, but each time you You just get you're telling you are lying uh, new slash she's lying. Um you were telling us that someone died and you decided to undress them, wash their clothes and redress them. And you didn't have anything to do with killing them with their death. Okay, girl. She says Alice was unresponsive, but she thinks her hand might have twitched or she could have blinked real fast. She's not really sure. So she also says that she did not administer CPR or call 911, even though she's a trained healthcare professional with a valid CPR certification. I tell you what, though, I was once CPR certified. Mm. Every day I prayed I'd never have to put it to action. Listen. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, Carlette said she got nervous when all of this was going down and put Alice's body in the trunk of the hatchback. Well, in the trunk, which is her hatchback, of her Ford Fiesta, and she drove her car or truck or whatever, the hatchback, to Durham, North Carolina. After leaving the party that she went to that night with her boyfriend and just lived it up, Carlette drove around for several hours and then returned. It was her cousin's party, but, you know, she's married. Oh, right. She was with her man. But I also read somewhere, and I was looking this up, I read somewhere that her husband deteriorated, I mean, her marriage deteriorated after the first big fraud case 
and she started owing nine hundred and something dollars a month. I bet the fuck it did. <laughs> so I need is a real good way to cause an issue in a relationship. Very much so. Very, very much so. So I don't know if this was her husband or just her her man. Um, anyway, she was at a party with a dead body in her trunk. And several hours later, she, after driving around after the party, I guess, thinking about life, she returned home to her trailer and drove to a hotel where her man was. And they were staying on a hotel on Highway 70 East in North Carolina. And yeah, you know, Alice's body was in the car while he, she was fucking in a motel. Carlette did not tell her husband, her man, what happened that day at all. The next morning after that wonderful evening of bliss, around 6.45 in the morning, Carlette leaves the hotel and drives to the Kroger parking lot and moves this out, moves Alice's body from the hatchback trunk thing to the front seat of Alice's actual car. She said that Alice's body started to smell, so she started putting pillows around her because, you know, bodies decomposing smell surprise surprise carlette drives around hillsboro in burlington and that's how she ended up on a dirt road in morrisville around one or two in the afternoon she said that her car got stuck in some mud on the road and she panicked and so she just left alice in the car with the engine running what did she do she walked a little while She hitchhiked a ride to the nearest gas station, grabbed a cab back to her car, returned home, got some wine coolers, and hung out until she passed out. She admitted that during this time, she threw Alice's purse outside of the window because she was scared that, like, her fingerprints would be lifted from it, which, girl, obviously they would be. She also said that Alice willingly gave her that withdrawal slip for $2,500. Actually, it wasn't for $2,500 that Alice willingly gave her a blank withdrawal slip. Because, you know, young folks, people that are our age, Tazzy, and younger probably don't know this, but... Yeah, young folks. Right, but, like, my mom definitely was using... I learned how to use a check. When you write in your check, there's a... I was like... 12 when I learned how to write a check. Right. When you write your check, there is a, like, copy there for you. It, it The ink follows around, so you have a, a copy. It's like a receipt, like the receipt books for your checks. And Alice did not write to Carlette for Dog Making Company. It was just blank. And people were like, mm-mm. People that knew Alice were like, nah, nah. Alice was diligent. She may be a little old lady, but she was diligent about her shit. And her money always had a record. Now, after all this information was given to the police and the police acquired all of this, they arrested Alice Elizabeth Parker on May 16th, 1998. Now, on May 21st, the police said that they found a stun gun and pepper spray in her car. Police also said that there were more charges to come. I mean, there's charges of forgery, right? <laughs> of credit card fraud, right? Uh, obtaining property by false pretense. I mean, these are the obvious charges. Police said these charges not only involve Alice, but at least 
three other people. I mean, the people that we told you all about before. They're all elderly, and they had all been under Miss Parker's care. She was running her scam for quite a while. Police suspected that Parker may have victimized other elderly people as well. They were asking anyone who had used her home care provider to call Riley Police. I mean, Raleigh, Raleigh Police. In March of 99, it was time for Carla to go to trial. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial. Carlette's defense said that she, that Carlette never meant for Alice to die and that really Alice had had a heart attack from being old. Like, she just probably died of being old, you know? She's 86 years old. She lived a full life. Between the... The prosecution and the defense, they had a bunch of doctors testify into a bunch of different things, right? So first there was Dr. Edwards who talked about what he found in the initial autopsy, right? Saying he couldn't quite put in on a cause of death, but it looked like it possibly could be drowning, right? Then they had Dr. Thompson who performed a second autopsy. And this autopsy revealed that there's no obvious fatal injury, but he definitely ruled that the manner of death was homicide and that the cause of death was drowning. He also was able to go back and now that the police had um, po- the police found pepper spray and a stun gun in their car. He was able to match that stun gun to the vampire like marks in her neck and say that that's what caused it. Right. Then they get Dr. Edmondson in there and he had been Alice's doctor for 12 years. And Dr. Edmondson is like, Alice was in great health. She had good cholesterol. She had good blood pressure. She was she was a healthy ass eighty six year old. Like she had no heart attack. But the defense brings in Dr. Hudson, who said that prior EKGs performed on Alice indicated that she had a few heart abnormalities and that it was possible that she could have died from a cardiac arrhythmia. He was saying that the stress from getting tased or stun gunned could have caused her to die, right? And the defense says if that's the case, then there is no premeditation because Alice did not intend to kill her by hitting her with a stun gun, you know? If she wants to kill her, she'd do a real gun, right? So there was like, did she kidnap her? Yes. But murder? No, that was all an accident, right? The prosecution in the state of North Carolina talked about her previous crimes, of course, taking $44,000 from Katherine Stevenson, which she was paying back at approximately 960 something dollars a month, which would take her literally almost like 39 years to pay off almost four years to pay off they definitely should have broke that up over smaller chunks like i guess they figured how long is Catherine gonna be living to collect this money but or send her to jail like you putting her in an impossible situation and wonder why people turn to other shit they introduced the evidence of carlette's criminal history including shoplifting theft and they made it their duty to detail her heinous crime like 
again, that same old theory of laying it on thick to the jury. They said that Alice did not provoke Carlette, that Alice, of course, was an elderly woman. And when Carlette was, and that Carlette was a large young woman, Carlette weighed twice as much as Alice, that Alice was more than twice Carlette's age, that Carlette knew Alice through Carlette's healthcare worker provider, Alice's, you know, close friend. She was working for Alice's close friend. Alice and Carlette ran into each other by chance that morning of the murder. And, and, and Carlette, she lured Alice. That's what they were proving. They're trying to say that she lured Alice, um, to be her victim. And she was acting under the guise that she was going to help Alice. She was probably going to help her with her groceries. But, but instead she was forcing the victim to pay out money to her. The prosecution also really weighed on the fact that she made multiple statements about the killings and that those multiple statements showed premeditation taking, they made up not know what led up to it, but taking off Alice's clothes, washing them and putting them back on. That shows at least some type of deliberate thought. And if you were, if you didn't mean to do anything, if she just happened to fall, wouldn't the first thing you do is call 911 or try to administer some type of aid as a CNA? Mm, Fishy. So after Alice drowned, Carlette washed and dried Alice's clothes, redressed her, combed her hair, treated her like she was one of her little creepy dolls. Like, you know what? I was digging around my grandmother's house one day and I found this box of weird ass dolls. We was like, what is it? Apparently they belong to my mom's grandmother. And like, that's something she took when she died, but. When I said, we was like, why do you have these? These are scary looking. <laughs> she was like, my grandmama made these dolls. So, Carlette drove around with Alice's body in the car for hours trying to, trying to destroy any type of evidence. She wasn't doing well doing that. And she said that she had every intention of bringing the body to the police, which, why would you bring a body? Why would you bring a dead body to the police that's not where dead bodies go (laughs) i mean dead bodies don't go to the police station but okay so she was said she had every intention to bring the body to the police station but they got stuck in the mud and she kind of freaked out so she just left the body there and walked away the prosecutors are like do we have any direct evidence that says that she was premeditating or deliberately committed this crime no What we do have, though, are a bunch of individual circumstances where she had a chance to do the right thing and didn't. And that's why we're saying it's premeditated and deliberate because she had a lot of times to do something else. But instead, like you said, she drove around with a dead body. Instead, she did not perform CPR. So at some point, even if you didn't plan on it before, you've decided that that's what you're doing. They also said that they also charged her for obtaining property under false pretenses, the same as she did with Catherine Stevenson, right? So on March 29, 1999, after a lengthy trial, the jury found Carlette Parker 
guilty based on premeditation and deliberation under the felony murder rule. She was guilty of first-degree murder, which is a Class A felony, and guilty of first-degree kidnapping, which is a Class C felony. And now it was time for her to be sentenced. On April 1st, 1999, the penalty phase began, and the jury recommended a sentence for the first-degree conviction. They also... Okay. The jury... The jury recommended a sentence of death for the first-degree conviction. They also sentenced her to 100 to 129 months for extra for the kidnapping conviction, both of which she was to serve concurrently, although, you know, she's in and out for life. Whatever, right? Carlette was taken to North Carolina death. Correctional Institute for Women in Valley, North Carolina, where she will be until she is put to death by the state of North Carolina. She has only had one successful appeal, meaning she was able to be seen in front of the judge and, like, have a chance to appeal, right? But she was denied. And they was like, we see here that the state presented enough evidence for you to be committed, and we don't see anything wrong. So you won't stay in there, right? She's been in prison for over two decades. Her birthday is actually next month. She'll be 58 years old. Since she's been in prison, she has written a poem that is published for the public viewing. It is entitled Don't Judge Me, and it is uh, definitely worth a read. It goes, please don't judge me in all your glory. Don't even assume you know my story. I'm a little girl born in June of 1963. Only God knew the toll life would take on me. Very early in my precious life, my mother, my comfort, my father's wife, was taken too quickly from this world, leaving the five-year-old girl. I have three other siblings, left also to mourn. From love, the four of us were born. From sexual abuse late at night, eyes shut, legs closed tight. Those evil male attackers wouldn't let me be. It was as if they were driven to destroy me. I suffered inside, angry and ashamed, feeling dirty, defiled, unclean, and somehow to blame. They say you better not tell a living soul. No one will ever listen to a five-year-old. If you have children, hold them dear. Trust no one. Make it crystal clear. Thus far, Carlette Parker has been in prison for 23 years. She has only ever gotten two infractions, One was in 2003 where it was like a profane language infraction. And one was in 2014 and she, it was like a high risk act. I don't know what that is. And the court documents didn't really say. Now, I did see an article about this lady, this little old lady that comes and sees the the four women that were on death row. There's less that are on death row now. One was still, one got exonerated, not exonerated, but she's off of death row. And her life, her she like tortured her husband or something like that. It was a white woman. Um, but now she has life in prison. But they have this like little club where this little old like nun lady comes in and she's like really close to all the women that are on death um, row. So... They said that the officer on this case kind of kept digging, kind of kept digging into Carlette, and they was like, we kind of went through all the patients that she'd had and looked for anything fishy, and it was like in '91, in '91 there was this 96 year old woman 
who she used to take care of. And they said her bank accounts kind of looked funny. So they had her body exhumed, and turns out her lungs were full of water. But at the time, they thought that she was just old. It was like the money is withdrawn on this day, and the bank statement comes on this day. And on that day that the bank statement gone is when the lady died, right? And what was crazy about that was Alice received her. I mean, Alice died on the day she was supposed to receive her bank statement. So it was like she was killing people so they didn't find out that she was robbing them, which is like, <laughs> like she let them live up until the last moment and was like, well, there's nothing else that I can do. <laughs> Gonna have to off them, you know. She might just be a serial killer. All right, y'all, it's time for... Well, I'm not black. I'm OJ. I didn't do it, but if I did, this is how I would have got away with it. I don't know, dude. Like, um... I didn't do it, but if I did, I would have definitely... She fucked up stepping out. You gotta kill the ones that you're working for because you know their patterns. You know the people who to call. Right. Like, (laughs) Alice is a friend, but you had no business trying to off her. She just, you saw an opportunity and you had it in your mind and you were really pressed. And there was no reason. Um, I didn't do it, but if I did, I think we made a lot of good points throughout the story. I didn't do it, but if I did, I would have filled out that check correctly. I ain't do it, but if I did, right. I moved her whole body over to the driver's seat. Why are you leaving her feet in the passenger seat? I also want to use a stun gun. Like, why are you using a stun gun so that people can see those huge-ass marks? What? If you're going to drown her, drown her. But you couldn't. Alice had a little bit more spunk than you were ready for. You weren't ready for Alice. Alice had a little bit more spunk. She wasn't your regular 80-something-year-old. always just need a better She didn't know what to do story. with that. She f- Dropped her head, only her head, in the tub twice. You washed her clothes. Yeah, that don't make no damn sense. I don't know what the hell she was doing you with that. You got the nerve to have a whole license and not even attempt to perform CPR? Your story's flawed. As fuck. If it wasn't premeditated, it should have been because you fucked up. Absolutely. (laughs) If it wasn't premeditated, you should be ashamed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Parole or no parole? I don't know, bro. Like, at first I was going to say that... After, like, 25 to 30 years, maybe you could give her parole. But if what you're saying is true or if the findings come out true that this is not her first killing. I mean, we, it's obviously her not her first theft and fraud. But if this is not her first killing, then she's got to stay behind there. Yeah. But if you did more than one, you tripping. Right. Now you're making a pattern. We all know how I feel about the death penalty, but she can definitely stay behind bars for life. She can definitely stay behind bars for life. 
if you know if that's true but we'll never know they're not going to put the money behind figuring it out ready for some reviews this review comes from funny girly head sue it says what okay this one says not sure what it is but all i hear while listening is my two nieces talking to each other my one niece is about five years older than her little sister, but now they're both adults, 30 and 25. They sound exactly like this, face palm. Tazzy giggles just like my youngest niece, and they sound exactly the same. My niece was bo- <laughs> Well. <laughs> she said, my niece is born with a cleft palate, so her speech is <laughs> <look> amazingly. <laughs> that is wrong. It's like Emra singing whenever the mood hits appropriately. It's just like my older niece. I guess I'm going to love my nieces. I guess if I'm going to love my nieces, then I have to love what reminds me of them. So as much as I roll my eyes, all, all the slang and cussing, I cuss st- too, but still, I'm grown and 50. I love y'all youngins. Thanks. <laughs> That's the end of the show for real. If y'all want to keep up with us, if y'all want to ask us questions, if you want to send us um, recommendations, if you just want to say hi, you can email us at sisterswhokillpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to tweet us, we're on Twitter at sisterswhokill. On Facebook and sisterswhokillpodcast, you can also join the discussion group. And in that discussion group, you have to answer all the questions to get in. You can follow us on Instagram at sisterswhokillpodcast pod and you can follow us on tiktok at sisters who kill podcast also on anchor.fm you can leave us a voice memo telling us i didn't do it but if i did this is how i would have got away with it anything else friend sure can talk to us we talk back